Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Mid Mitten Gaming Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, GM Jeff, and uh, Juice is not with me, or Fruit Blood, or whatever he's calling himself these days. Uh, so, uh, but I do have a guest with us today, uh, Rod Kane, who is uh, one of the guys that's kind of on the design side of things for a game called Triumph, which you'll hear more about in a little bit. Um, but to kick it off, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of hobby progress, so. Uh, I've been working on Coronans for Free Blades, and I just got the, uh, Inara's Vengeance, I think is what it's called, I don't know, for Bushido, the Inara set, the, all the Kitsune, so I've been working on painting those guys up, and that's been quite a bit of fun. Um, I was also at Gen Con, I need to do an episode about Gen Con at some point, so, uh, that was a lot of fun. Rod, what, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, well, um, I've been trying to get back to painting some, uh, uh, pikemen for, uh, a battle. I, I, I tend to do a lot of historical scenario battles, like the one we're going to talk about for MidmintonCon, and I want to do some, uh, pike versus phalanx, and I've been working with 28mm Victrix plastic figures, oh, which nice. I highly recommend. Um... And I've also done a... Uh, I've newly converted my pike figures with the... I don't know if you've heard of the broom bristle technique. If you've got a long, skinny spear or pike, you can make it out of a plastic broom bristle. Oh, I didn't um, know that. Yeah, what, what it does is it stops it from bending, breaking, or otherwise being destroyed later on in play because the broom bristles will flex without breaking or without breaking the figure. So it's a new technique for making long, skinny pikes. So if you're doing orcs with pikes or... Historical figures with pikes or long spears, even short spears, you can actually take a plastic broom bristle, smash the end, cut it to a point, makes it look like a spear, replace whatever other spear you were going to use, and then you have a spear that doesn't break off. Ha <laughs> ha! That's awesome. I might, I might have to, I might have to give that a go. That's pretty. But that's sweet. what I work. That's what I was working on lately. Uh, got interrupted by getting back to school sessions but other than that um painting painting pikemen for pyrrhic army great that's awesome yeah so uh most of you guys uh if you're listening to the podcast and you're in the michigan area you probably know rod as the guy who leads up flint con which is a fabulous little uh convention in flint one day uh convention in february and um yeah we've always had a really good time at flint con but uh, Rod is also uh, well-known in the gaming community here in Michigan, and he is coming to Midminton Gaming Con to run a game called Triumph um, at our convention as a learn-to-play and as a like scenario battle. So, uh, But before we get into Triumph a little bit, Rod, I'd love to just for you to tell us a little bit about how you got into gaming in general. Let's see. So going back to you know high school years, uh, you know of course I played D and D when I was a kid. Um, Were you a white box guy or a white box guy? You mean the original like yeah. D and um, I could call it a white box guy, but I definitely played in some D and D modules and things like that. You probably would find as collectibles at this point in time. Um, Played games like uh, Starfleet Battles, if you remember that one. Um, so I, I played a lot of those kind of games. I started painting miniatures when I was probably a teenager. 
And then I used to work at Ryder's Hobby Shop. Okay. Uh, not the current location, but the one uh, back closer to Flint on Corona Road, the original location here in Flint. Um, and then there I got into more into miniatures gaming. And then there I met guys who got me into historical miniatures gaming. So it was specifically um, playing with miniatures from the historical time periods. Uh, one of the first ones being Viking Raiders. So the concept of, you know, you've got a small squad of Vikings and they're raiding a village and you're trying to carry off all the goodies from the village and, and that kind of gaming. Um, and most of it was based on the D20 uh, chainmail, which is the original D&D kind of combat system. So that was how I got started. And that was back in the uh, 80s. Oh, okay. Wow. So. Gotcha. Well, that's pretty cool. What was the first miniature game that you ever played? Do you remember? Um, the first historical miniature game that kind of sticks in my head would have been a, a, a D20 based Viking Raider skirmish game. Okay, that's the first historical. That was the first one. And then probably right after that, or really close to that same time period with the same groups of guys, uh, Rogue Trader, which you guys now know as Warhammer 40k, mm -hmm. or as I like to call it, Cramhammer. <laughs> So, um, but I used to play, I played, so I played back in the day with the old, uh, of course my Marines had little beaks on them because of the beaky Marines. Yep. Um, and then I had, uh, the old army guys that were coming from like Citadel miniatures and stuff for the Imperial army guys. So, but back in the day I played some of that. Um, but the first one that I remember really playing miniatures was, um, a Viking skirmish, another game called the sword and the flame, which is still around. And that's a skirmish colonial game where you basically, if you've ever watched like uh, Zulu or The Man Who Would Be King, you know, those mm -hmm. uh, British colonial guys off in some far off country, um, it was a game that kind of recreated those small battles. Oh, that's really neat. Ah, that's pretty cool. Still around and still pretty popular. It's called The Sword and the Flame. The Sword and the Flame. Yeah, I'm going to Google it here when we're done. That's really interesting. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, I I remember my first historical game was uh, I had been playing at a hobby shop, Pastime Hobbies in Port Huron, um, and uh, which no longer exists. But we'd been playing there, and I played a lot of 40k and stuff. But I'd kind of gotten in to this historical gaming group with like playing micro armor and yeah. some things like that. And I remember getting invited out to a guy's house to play Napoleonics and I didn't know squat about Napoleon other you know anything like that and I had a blast doing this uh it was I think it was six millimeter it might have been 10 millimeter Napoleonics but it was this massive battle I charged cannon with cavalry and had a great time so well. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so I remember that. It could be very... The, the thing that's interesting to me, I'm, I, of course, play fantasy, I play sci-fi, I play mm -hmm. historical. But what a lot of people don't realize, because maybe they don't have as much exposure history, is there's there's more stuff in history than you can even imagine in some of the fantasy. I always think it's interesting. People talk about the 16 or so different Warhammer groups that you can get into with different Warhammer armies or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Meshwesh, which is the online army list, historical army list for Triumph, has over 655 armies. <laughs> and they're all actual armies that existed. Right, and you can uh, mix and match it to play those in. Hey, what would happen if ancient Egyptians fought against 
Macedonians. Well, they probably did, but they did. Yeah, and they you did. Played, <laughs> but you it, triumph. You could you could play you could play uh, different out of time period because of the the way the game is designed. You mm-hmm. can play out of time period. I find it more interesting in time period or in 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 the zone of the the, the right. time period. Um, but it doesn't it doesn't really if. It doesn't affect the troop types because it's based on the ability of the troops, not the technology. Right, you're so, you're working off of basic stats. Yeah, the Egyptians don't have as good an armor or metal as some of the later periods, but it won't matter because that detail's not in the game. It's it's what type of troops are they? Gotcha. Well, that kind of leads us into a little bit about triumph. So, um, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us a little bit real briefly about what triumph is? Because I realized that wasn't one of the questions, but it ought to be. And then why you decided to uh, jump in with the guys who were creating that game and, and become part of that uh, team. Sure. So, so Triumph is um, the, the basic game that came out uh, a few years back. came out initially as a PDF, and now it's available in a hard copy as well. Uh, it's described as Triumph, which is an ancient and medieval battle game. So it's designed to recreate uh, mass combat from the biblical or pre-biblical period up into about the early Renaissance. So just before you really get into a lot of gunpowder. So you'll have some armies that have handgunners and, and cannons, but really it's it's pre-Renaissance period. So you gotta think, you're thinking sword on shield primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, Triumph, it's designed to be fast play. So the idea is if you're playing a small game, which it, all the troops are points based, so you collect a an army based on the number of points that you put on the table. Uh, a, a basic game is about forty eight points. Um, you can play it in about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. Um, but then you can infinitely expand it up to whatever size you feel comfortable with. We, I, I personally enjoy the game playing at about one hundred and forty four points per side, which is three good sized commands. Um, and that plays really well in about three to four hours, even with beginning players. Um, the reason I jumped on the team, uh, going back many years, um, I was playing already with a lot of the guys that were that were that had been working on Triumph in the background. And about the time they got it to the beta level is when I was introduced. And I would say maybe not even beta level, but maybe the pre-beta level. Um, we all had played ancient wargaming for a long time. And we played a lot of different rules. We had a lot of experience with different rule sets. Uh, there's an old system that comes out of what they call the WRG, or the War Games Research Group, that a lot of people have got experience with rules from that group or similar rules to that group. And the tournament scene, or the ancients tournament scene, had kind of been dying off, I guess. You know, getting older, dying down, not as many people playing it, lots of other things out there that were... Uh, sexier, newer, better supported. Um, And these guys that had been working on this beta kind of introduced it to a small group of us and said, hey, you know, this is what we've been working on. We played it, we looked at it, we realized it was superior to what we've been playing, so we started developing it. And I think what we got it to now is a really refined product that you can play. And the reason I like it so much is... Um, there's a great quote from an old-time miniatures guy that, that I, I steal from time to time. It's it's a game that doesn't hurt my head, and it doesn't insult my intelligence. 
So when you're playing a Battle of Triumph, you don't have a lot of charts you have to worry about looking up. The rules are fairly straightforward and fairly simple. You can keep them in your head. But the strategy is fairly complex. And if you do something that makes sense, like historically with an army or a troop type on the table, generally speaking, it'll make sense in the game itself. So you're playing the strategy, you're playing as the overall general of the army. You're not playing as the guy who's micromanaging 15 different pages of charts for what does this do and how do I look up this effect. Um, so it allows you to play some fairly complicated battles and some fairly sophisticated strategies, even with new players, people that have never even seen the game before. Yeah, I remember when you when you brought me through the tutorial a couple of months ago that uh, we had some we had some really interesting and fun things happen in the midst of the fighting that mm -hmm. uh, you know I wouldn't have been able to. We didn't have to micromanage; it was really easy, you know. And I, right. I like that a lot. It wasn't, uh, you know, chart finder or uh, battle right. chart. <laughs> well, I mentioned earlier I played a game called Starfleet Battles when I was a kid, and that was a great game that was famous for having an infinite number of rules. I mean, it literally had more rules than I can imagine any game having. Playing it manually was was almost painful. It was a great. It was a great board game as a computer game. So if you turn it into a computer game, which they finally did, it wasn't bad to play. But I'm not a computer, and I don't want to do all those calculations. So with Triumph, you have a very simple, um, <clears throat> straightforward combat system, a very simple command point system for moving the troops, and then you have no memory on the table. So there's no counters or things you have to keep track of or charts that you have to mod you know, keep track of. While you look down at the table at any given moment, you know exactly what's happening, and you know what comes next. You don't have to go back and reference the previous turn or keep track of any kind of uh, long-term long morale effects or anything like that. So it works great as a tournament game. Um, it's extremely fun to play as a tournament. There's no, there's very little or no ambiguity of what's happening on the table. So it's almost, it's almost chess-like in its tournament quality because there's no question about the rules. But it also works really good for new players or for even experienced players to put on historical battles. So I've been very fortunate in that I found a game that I like because it challenges me as a player, but it also gives me a game that I can present to new players and I can teach six new players how to play and play in a three-hour period, four-hour period, which fits perfectly into the convention scene for typical games that, you know, people's attention span, you're not really, most people want to play a game that's going to be three, more than three or four hours. Yeah. That's for sure. Yep, and our I think our game is under an hour. It was like 45 minutes, and it was right. a 48-point so game. 48-point battle we played on Tabletop Simulator, right? Yep, yeah, we played on TTS. Yeah. So, so well, it's, it's, it's available on Tabletop Simulator for people who want to try it out. Even if you have armies and miniatures, uh, you can play it. And we've done that. We've used that to play with league tournaments where we played with people all over the world, which is kind of fun. Yep, and that's a free uh, module you can look up in the workshop. Correct. If you got Tabletop Simulator, you can pull the Triumph modules down and it'll uh, get you set up and playing the game. So what's your favorite part about the game? What, what, do, you, what do you like about Triumph the most? And because I'm a big history buff, um, I really like being able to recreate uh, battles from history that I've read and I've studied and being able to present them to people at a convention, for example, and play the game. So the game I'm bringing to Mid-Mitten Con is the Battle of Hastings, which anybody 
has studied any kind of history or medieval history has probably heard of. Um, so Triumph has given me a format where I've been able to take historical battles like Hastings and put them on the tabletop um, with a reasonable number of miniatures. Looks good, looks reasonable, especially in triple size. Um, and play the battle out and get very sensible um, results. So if I put the battle out there and I present it in the historical format, I can I can create these very historical reproductions of these battles, and everybody has a good time playing them uh, and enjoys it because, like I said, they're they're playing the battle. They're not playing the strategy in the battle as the commander. They're not playing the uh, look on page twenty for this rule. Um, so that's one of the things I really like about Triumph. And I think I enjoy the most about it is that I found a game that allows me to do these historical battles in a reasonable amount of time um, and get really good results, play to a conclusion and have a lot of fun. Because I don't know if you're probably an old time, maybe you played Warhammer in the past. Yeah, yeah. Warhammer, Warhammer Fantasy, Bolt Action. Like, I played quite great, a few things. Great games. But, for example, they all have their, their strengths and weaknesses. I, I used to love Warhammer Ancients. I played it years but the problem i have with warhammer ancients is one you had to be a complete figure you know uh crazy collector in order to have a big enough army to put a game on the table but then even if i was going to put a game on the table for my friends with warhammer you need to spend eight hours getting the battle set up and prepped and all the troop charts and everything ready to go and then you play another you might play another six or more hours playing out a big battle like this and still not reach a conclusion um because of just the the sheer time and consumption of uh, detail that, that it would take to, to complete a battle. Uh, where Triumph, I can set a battle up in 15 minutes, and in three to four hours, we played to a complete conclusion and had a great time. So that's, that's I think the thing I like about it is, it's allowed me to actually play these battles, instead of just thinking about prepping to play, and then maybe getting them on the table once a year. You, you can actually play these battles and, 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 and do it in a reasonable time period and, and, and enjoy yourself. And then it encourages you to paint more miniatures, too. Because you've just got done playing with these miniatures, you're going to go paint more miniatures. Yeah. So it, it also works both ways. I like to paint as well, but I also like to have an inspiration for why I'm painting. Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of how I feel about my Napoleonics. Like, I love my Napoleonics. I have 28-millimeter Napoleonics. But we don't... Uh, we get together yep. maybe once a year and play. exactly you know so we don't because it's we're gonna sit there and play and it's gonna even though they're kind of fast play napoleonic rules that we use we play with black powder it's Mm -hmm. still gonna take us the size of the battle that we're doing it's gonna take us six hours to play through the game you know and so yeah stuff for black powder as well i've got civil war i have 15 millimeter napoleonics my 15 millimeter napoleonics have not been out of the box and on the table since the 90s um, maybe even earlier. And that's mainly comes down to having a game system that I can put it on the table, play it out, and have fun, and also having other people to play. Um, Triumph is quick enough to learn and interesting and intriguing enough to keep your interest that you'll get it on the table, you'll play games, you'll have fun with the game, uh, and you'll be wanting to play another game or try a different strategy or different. And it's doable because it's not going to be, well, three months from now, we're going to set aside eight hours to play this game. It doesn't it, it doesn't uh, require that kind of time commitment to play out a, a decent game of Triumph. Yeah, you can just call up your buddies and, hey, you got some time this afternoon. Like we did. We did our game was a pickup game. 
So yeah, we can do we can do tournaments too. Where if we do you th- the game that we played, take a four hour slot at a convention, and in that four hour slot, you can have three forty uh, eight point games. So you could literally play three opponents, get the results, and play out a mini tournament within that four hour slot. Where most games, if you're going to a convention, like I know Michigan uh, uh, Michigan Mid Mitten Con that you're planning coming up, that's going to be a lot of tournament play. But a lot of those tournaments are going to be an entire day or even over the course of two days because of the length of time it takes to play each round in the tournament. Yeah, definitely. So that's a bigger commitment of time to play out a tournament. In the same time that you'd play like an afternoon tournament, one of the things we would do is we actually do campaigns with Triumph where we can actually set up a campaign map and play out a campaign where you're literally taking over portions of a map, playing out Triumph battles to determine who becomes a vassal of who and then continuing that campaign. And we can do that in a, a four- or five-hour period instead of a two- or three-day event. Yeah, that's that's really nice. And, I mean, one of the things that – so with Triumph, one of the things that I get ex- that I get excited about, because I, I really do love historicals. However, you've also mentioned that you guys are in development of a fantasy uh, play for Triumph Fantasy rule set, and so I'm really excited about that. And uh, I know there's a Lord of the Rings rule set as well. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's not a Lord of the Rings rule set per se, but we just released um, online on Wargame Vault what we call the uh, fantasy beta or early access. So the way we did the original historical rules is we released a PDF in early access format. So it's what we call the rules are mostly flushed out, but we want to get some more feedback and look for some you know look for problems and things like that. So as an electronic uh, download the early access fantasy versions out on Wargame Vault, and that has the fantasy uh, sandbox. So it's the same game as far as the mechanics. There's a few new uh, new items in there, and I have. If you go to the Triumph YouTube video thing, it can give you more details about this. That's a great place to get a little bit of the detail of what's in the fantasy game. But it's basically a sandbox that would allow you to create Lord of the Rings in your whatever image you want to create it in, but almost any other fantasy thing as well. So all the troop types, all the mechanics are the same as the basic historical game, but you have these, um, we, we use the term battle cards, but you basically have these battle cards that you apply to your troop types to buff them or debuff them, depending on the battle cards you choose, which changes the point value of the troop type but also gives it these fantasy flavors. Um, gotcha. So you can, you can add a, a deadly card to a unit to make it tougher than the normal version of that unit. Oh, uh, very cool. You can add marksmen to make your, your archers into elven archers because they're going to be better shots than regular archers, for example. So there's all these different flavors that you can add. Uh, some of them are actually negatives, too. You can add unruly. Um, so I have... a skeleton horde that are unruly which means that they're harder to command they don't always do what you tell them to <laughs> but well, it costs points that way so cheaper right right yep yeah well that i mean i look forward to being able to look uh look through those rules um and, and check that uh, out for midmitten con i think we're going to bring a couple of demo fantasy armies um and we'll have the fantasy binder that shows the printed version of the electronic rules which That'll give people an idea if they want to look at that. Uh, so we're going to do the Battle of Hastings 
And we're going to try and in the extra time that we have on uh, the 5th of November, when we'll be there. We'll also do some some demos and explain the fantasy rules to people that are interested. Yeah. Is there, so is there anything else you'd like to tell people coming at are coming to Midnight Gaming Con and thinking about signing up for Triumph? Um, well, if you if you're interested in a a fast play, um, what I call like I said, sword on shield type game. So. If you're interested in a fast play ancient medieval game that would allow you to play uh, historical battles from the classical period all the way through medieval period, even going back to the chariot period, or if you're interested in something to replace Warhammer Fantasy, so let's say you used to play Warhammer Fantasy but you don't really play anymore, it took too much time. If you want a game to play massive battles of Lord of the Rings, or you want to play your fan with your fantasy figures and fantasy armies that are basically in that what I call medieval theme genre, uh, you should come check it out. Come check out the, the, the rules. We're going to be doing demos. And then if you want to sign up for the main event, it's going to be the Battle of Hastings. It's a six-player event. There'll be the Saxons lined up on a hill trying to fend off a Norman army with knights that are trying to break that Saxon shield wall. Um, you don't need any experience you don't need to technically know anything about the time period. Everything's going to be taught, and by you know by midway through the game, you'll be running your own game, and you'll be you know you'll be playing the rules without any trouble. Um, the game, the the main event should take, uh, like I said, three to four hours tops, uh, and that's including instruction for new players. It'll be in twenty eight millimeter. Uh, we play the game, and you can play it at any scale. It can be played in fifteen millimeter, played in six millimeter, or it can be played in twenty eight millimeter. Because the scaling is done by the base size you choose. So you choose a base width, and then you put as many figures on that base width as you want to use to represent your army. So we have recommendations for standard basing, but really it's just the width of the base and the depth of the base that matters, and how many figures you put on it is up to you. Awesome. Well, yeah, that's very cool. And, yep, you like you said, so Triumph will be at Midminton Gaming Con on Saturday. And uh, there, there's going to be a demo portion of, of the game where you can just kind of wet your whistle, if you will. And mm-hmm. then uh, they're also having the main event, the Battle of Hastings. And so you can sign up for those on uh, Warhorn. Just search for Midminton Gaming Con, and then you can filter our events down to just find Triumph by clicking Triumph in the filters. Uh, so we're really excited to be hosting Rod and, and Triumph over at Midmitten Gaming Con. And again, the dates for those are November 4, 5, and 6. The Triumph game will be on the 5th, but we have demos and learn-to-play events all weekend, um, as well as a number of tournaments and stuff, so check it out. And uh, that's November 4, 5, and 6. And uh, doors open on Saturday, the 5th, at, uh, I think, 8 a.m. is when the doors are going to open so you can get there and then games start around nine o'clock usually so uh but yeah we're really excited about that that's going to be hosted in mount pleasant michigan at the commission on aging in mount pleasant michigan and you can find more information about the con on warhorn where the actual event is hosted or um on uh the facebook page or facebook group um or right here on the podcast midmitten gaming so Thanks, uh, thanks, Rod, for coming on and, and chatting a little bit about Triumph with us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to uh, checking out Midminton Con, and uh, I wish I could be there for all three days. Unfortunately, Saturday was the only day I had available, but I, I wouldn't miss it for the world. So, Yeah, we're really glad that, uh, that you're coming. So, All right, guys, have a great day, and uh, you know, keep gaming.
or rolling dice or whatever you're doing. <laughs> Keep painting. Yeah, painting. That's a big one. 